Hi, welcome to the podcast of our Wednesday night study here at First Baptist to Queen as we go through the book of Revelation. My name is Pastor Josh Horwick, and I'm the pastor here at First Baptist to Queen. And over the next few months, we'll be looking verse by verse through the book of Revelation. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us here at First Baptist to Queen at dequeen.church. That's our website. And on our website, you can find all the information you need to get in contact with us. We can't wait to hear from you. And feel free to drop a like or a share of this podcast if you find it helpful. Well, this week we're starting off in Revelation chapter 17. Uh, in the first two verses there, John writes, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. Now, the end of Revelation 16 speaks to the destruction of Babylon. And this is the destruction further described. The great prostitute is spoken of as the great city Babylon in Revelation 17.5, and she is representative of the godless civilization. She's seated on many waters, and those waters are the foundation of the city. The waters are affected by every movement of the city and of the world's culture. That's what the city is. Babylon led people away from the one true God and into the worship of something else, upon which the people of the world then became drunk. And this false religion impacts every aspect of the lives of the people involved. Now, down in Revelation 17, 15, it says that the waters are the people and the nations of the world. And so Babylon, a one-world culture and, and religious system, has great influence because of the people involved in it, and its strength is massive uh, therein. Now, look at verses 3 through 5. And he carried me away in the spirit into a, a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names. And it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written the name of mystery, Babylon the Great mother of prostitutes, and of earth's abominations. This beast is, is described in the same way that the sea beast, the Antichrist, was in Revelation chapter 13, which leads us to believe that this is the same beast. This is that beast upon which this, this prostitute uh, is sitting. The woman on the beast, she's dressed in the common first century attire and accessories of a prostitute which relates to the prostitute just described back in verses 1 and 2. So Babylon, the prostitute, is seated upon the Antichrist, the beast. And the world culture and religion ride on the strength of the beast. So though outwardly Babylon appears royal and exceptional, she is filled with filth, as is her cup. Her appearance is incredibly deceptive. Just as her appearance is not what it seems, so also is her name. For her name is a mystery. Though she is Babylon, it is not immediately apparent to many all that encompasses her true nature. You see, because she is the mother of prostitutes, and that means 
she produces many more that are just like her in her evil. Look at verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. So Babylon, the world culture, the world religion, not only killed believers, but she enjoyed it thoroughly. This, this practice of executing Christians consumed her. It would seem that the world culture and religious system seek to stamp out Christianity entirely through the mass execution of any who can be found, any Christians that they can find. And John, there he says he marveled greatly. He's, he's taken aback at this revelation. See, because Christians will be hunted because of their loyalty to Jesus. Look at verses 7 and 8. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carry her, carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. Now that phrase, it's mentioned there twice. He was, is not, is, is about to be, is to come. That's, you know, to mirror God who was and is and is to come. Jesus who was and is and is to come. And, and all the things of Satan are a cheap imitation, an attempt to imitate uh, God himself and his purposes. So we have uh, the, the, the beast here with seven heads and ten horns, uh, the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will make appearances, was, is, is to come, uh, throughout history uh, in his nature. But finally, he will come from the abyss and be the destroyer that has been recently described. And as a title, Antichrist, the beast, he has been before, and he currently exists. But ultimately, that title will come to rest on a final one who will go to destruction and when he does, he will take the title with him. The final Antichrist is being described here so that the believers will know him when he comes. But the unbelievers will not know him and thus will be deceived. This is why believers must understand the depth of the urgency of evangelism so that as many as possible will be able to resist the deception of the enemy when he comes. Look at verses 9 and 10. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Now, what all this means, there's lots of speculation. I mean, much on this topic, uh, uh, specifically what this is referring to. Uh, some relate this to Rome, because Rome was spoken of as sitting on seven hills, um, as far as the seven mountains there in verse 9. But historians differ as to which seven hills Rome actually sat on. So Rome may not specifically be what is meant here. The mountains upon which um, are the seven heads that are seven mountains... Uh, the mountains could simply represent the strength and power as they are next described uh, in verse 10 as kings. 
Or as some have interpreted it as seven kingdoms represented by seven kings. There are some who consider the kings to be emperors of Rome. Though it would be different or di- it would be difficult to specify which emperors were meant because the number of emperors of Rome do not match uh, the number of heads there, the seven. Now some say that those seven heads are kingdoms, though there's no way to identify which kingdoms were specifically intended. John, at the time of the writing here of the book of Revelation, is living in the time of the sixth king, and the seventh is soon to come. Now, the point is that there have been periods of powerful kings and kingdoms around the world, and there's coming a time when another one will rule, as we see in the next verse. Verse 11, As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven. And it goes to destruction. Now, this is difficult, as John does not explain much here. The beast, it would seem, as though he is one of the seven kings, implying that he's the seventh king. But he has such evil that he is defined differently from the other six kings. So, it's possible this beast is the seventh head, the seventh mountain, the seventh king, who will build a kingdom so vast as to cover the entire world, and that would put him in a class of his own. And he will ultimately, ultimately, he will be defeated. So, even though he could be the seventh king there, the seventh head listed, Uh, the seventh kingdom, he will ultimately find destruction. His kingdom, his reign will not last forever, even though it will be uh, in a greater sense than the other six, uh, it will be greater. Verse 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power. But they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. So, after the seven heads, we have ten more kings who will be given authority similar to the beast for a very short time. One hour. Now, that one hour is in God's estimation. I mean, it could literally be an hour, I guess. But from what we can gather, it's one hour you know, in comparison to, to um, God's understanding of time. So for a very limited, very short period of time, these ten kings will be given authority. And ten could refer to a specific ten rulers, or it could be representative of a number of completeness, as other numbers are similarly representative. Now, whichever they are, these ten, they are unified in purpose with the beast. They are only associated with the beast and his designs for the world, nothing else. That's what they're known for. And their only reason to exist in the authority they have is to give whatever power they have to the beast. They only hold power briefly and then only to surrender their authority and kingdoms to the beast. So their role in having their kingdoms is to give it, give them all to the beast, to the Antichrist. Verse 14. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with Him are called and chosen and faithful. 
So the, the ten kings, their surrender kingdoms, and the beast will all make war with Jesus. But Jesus will be victorious because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, as it says there. This could possibly, this verse, what is happening, could be a reference to Revelation 19, when Jesus comes from heaven on a white horse with the titles King of Kings and Lord of Lords written on his thigh. Uh, it's, I mean, it's very similar to what happens there. Uh, they, the, the, the nations of the world gather to make war against Jesus, and Jesus shows up and he wins the battle all on his own. Uh, and then the believers... Uh, are said to be those who are with Jesus. He says, and those with him, there in verse 14, those with him are called, they are chosen, they are faithful. This is the saints. This is the believers. This is Christians. And the ones with Jesus in Revelation 19 are specifically called there the armies of heaven. And so if this is one in the same instance, just two different descriptions, uh, then Christians are the armies of heaven being described in Revelation 19. Now look down here in Revelation 17, look at verses 15 and 16. And the angel said to me, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. So Babylon is a great kingdom that encompasses many people. Remember, Babylon, the great prostitute, is sitting on all these waters, and the waters there is described in verse 15 are people and multitudes and languages and nations. And though the world will worship the beast, he will turn on them and bring destruction to them. The beast and the kings will leave the world culture and, and religious system desolate. They will strip her of all her resources. They will use her up for their own purposes and not care at all for her benefit. The beast and the kings will hate the world culture and religious system by how they treat it. For them, it is merely a means to an end that they plan to cast aside as soon as they get what they want. Now let's finish up with verses 17 and 18. For God, who has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast, until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. So God's purpose and timing will be fulfilled even at the hands of those who have set themselves up in opposition to God. God's common purpose is destruction, though... He desires destruction of corruption and sin for the sake of His perfect justice. Notice also that just as God gives authority to all who possess it, He does so with these ten. Any authority that is possessed is the direct result of God's allowance. We see the woman, and the, prosti the, woman the prostitute. She's identified here as Babylon, the representative of the world culture, of the world's religious system, who has influence and reach that covers the entire earth. Now, thank you for joining us in this examination of Revelation 17 as we continue to journey through the entire book of Revelation. Now, join us next time as we will continue to see what God is communicating 
through his revelation. And I will catch you in the next one.